last time on Binge Watchers, what did we do? We actually figured out that the best relationship in Warlock 2 was between the Warlock and his magic rocks. Thanks, Nikki Lakes, for that assessment and the killer quote of the episode highlights that came from you. That's what I do. Most of that people love window intended. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we also determined the movie was stupid fun. I think, I think uh, Dave, I think that came from you. But we're kind of all divided uh, about the Warlock series. Two of us favor part one over this entry. And uh, the whole episode actually broke down to like a mini discussion of Warlock the video game. Hell so, yeah, dude. <laughs> Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't played that episode, um, go back and listen to it. And uh, we're not necessarily endorsing Sega over Super NES, but, you know, have it at your will. You know, you can get an emulator now and play all the games probably unlocked. 16.7 million colors. Um, That's a lot. That's a lot. So, tonight's movie, <laughs> we're actually going to discuss the legendary bromances of Young Guns 2. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. Young Guns Teeth. So in this one, Billy the Kid comes out of the New Mexican desert. He wants to clear his name for his part in the Lincoln County Wars in his youth. Uh, the authorities believe Billy the Kid was shot dead, you know, by his friend Pat Garrett. But this Billy the Kid shows up to correct the narrative, and the movie jumps around and returns to the surviving members of the Regulators. They get reunited, and then he gets some new recruits because the governor is sending out a new posse to track him down. It's kind of a direct continuation or sequel, if you will, to part one. So uh, since there's so many callbacks about the events in part one, maybe you should watch them as like a double feature. And what was the original Young Guns? All right. It's kind of historic in the fact that it brings together some of the 80s Brat Pack actors that are really famous at that time. And they're kind of like the quintessential faces of the MTV generation. So that's what Young Guns is. It's a Gen X Western, if such a thing could exist with MTV-style editing and music thrown into the soundtrack with a bunch of crazy Western fights and all that crap. Uh, it had Emilio Estevez as Billy the Kid, Keith Sutherland as Josiah Doc Skurlock, Lou Diamond Phillips as Jose Chavez Chavez, Charlie Sheen as Dick Brewer, Dermot Roney as Dirty Steve, and Jack Palance as the Cattle Baron. Most of these characters were actually legendary figures in the Old West in Billy the Kid's gang and his associates, whatever, so... Um, the sequel is going to bring back Emilio Estevez, Keith Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips. It's going to add Alan Ruck. You know, might remember him as Cameron from Ferris Bueller or the ill-fated commander of the second Enterprise in uh, Wrath of Khan. Balthazar Getty. I'm not sure. I don't remember what I've seen him in first, but he's in here as well. And uh, Christian Slater, of course. Throwing another A-lister into the mix, playing a famous guy from the West as well. Arkansas Dave Rudabar, who was competing with Billy Kidd for popularity and control of the gang in this movie. Also, you're going to get Western legends like James Coburn in a bit part. But actually, he played Pat Garrett in the original Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, which is a 70s movie that came out. Chris Christopherson, done by Sam Peckinpah. Check that one out. Does the movie take a lot of liberties with history? Absolutely. One character who died in part one was alive at the famous shootout that's depicted in part two. And they attribute his death to another character in part two who actually survived that shooting as well. Um, like Chavez, Chavez, famous survives but dies in this movie doc scurlock 
he takes a shot at this shootout in part two that was intended for a guy named Charlie Brewer, but his character died and the guy he was based on died in part one. And then, you know, it's, there's a, uh, you couldn't have like a history teacher talk about this movie or I'm sure they would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, this is wrong. Well, there, it's, it's like, <laughs> there was a disclaimer at the end of the movie that was like, none of these people are intended to be representative of people alive or dead or whatever. And I just chuckled because I watched all the credits. Like, yeah, that's not true. You know, <laughs> like yeah, all of historic- these people. <laughs> it's historical fiction. Yeah. Sure. But to but act you know, like, yeah, this isn't based on Billy the Kid. I came up with my own Billy the Kid. It's just, sure. Sure, uh, you did. But you know what we got out of this movie? If nothing else, we got a really killer soundtrack with an original song that hit the charts. Went to number one on the billboards by Bon Jovi. He actually has a cameo on the movie, too. But Emilio Estevez, I guess, went to him and asked, hey, make some music for this. Um, if we had the ability to buy music rights, we'd be playing that damn song on this episode. But oh, for sure. I'm sure it's really expensive. I don't even remember. Songs, Blaze of Glory. So I'm sure that I'm sure it's not. You can't really buy that one. Can so, we whistle so. it or anything? Or I don't know. Um, so we'll be back with our favorite bits from Young Guns 2 in a bit. But first, we're going to jump over to some headlines. Uh, I don't know. Unfortunately, I mean, again, when people live in their 90s, I... I don't really feel about that they're dead because, I mean, they got almost a whole century on the planet, you know? So, and this guy's a famous actor. So, as far as I can tell, he did it right and he had a good life. Uh, Christopher Plummer died recently. And I just wanted to ask, what are some of you guys' favorite movies uh, of his? Was he in Knives Out, right? Yeah. I thought he was great in that. I really liked him in that. I, I don't know a lot of his movies. I never saw The Sound of Music, but I liked him in Knives Out. I think that's the one he won the Oscar for, playing the commandant or whatever. In the I think so too. Well, no, he well actually he won the Oscar for the movie I'm I'll mention, which is uh, Beginners, which is about oh. a um, a father, uh, <clears throat> uh, Ian McGregor's and his father, um, and Christopher Plummer's his father, who comes out as gay after his mother dies, or you know his wife dies. And it's, I don't know, man, uh, it's just a beautiful movie. Like that's, that was one of my favorites of the year that came out. And, you know, that's a good movie worth checking out. Hmm. Adam. Oh, uh, I liked him in Star Trek, the uh, undiscovered country. Oh yeah. Like the Klingon. It was yeah. like, it was like, Whoa, was that Christopher Plummer? Wow. It's pretty, yeah. pretty cool. He's also in one of my favorite <laughs> movies, but he doesn't play a big role. Um, 12 monkeys. He's in that. Yeah. I saw I saw he was in that, but I, I can't remember what he was in that movie. He was like on the council. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it wasn't a it was kind of like a hey, are you my friend? I'm Terry Gilliam. It's like, yeah, I'll be in your thing. Gotcha. I don't know. I just imagine. <laughs> I imagine it's like that. Dude, he's been in like everything. Oh my gosh. He's been yeah, in so he had much over stuff. 200 roles. And no matter what he does, he elevated the the film for having been in it he never took away like i've never seen anything with a man and it was just like oh man what's he doing in there that was that was off no it was always on he was always bringing something to the table huge talent he seemed to have a joy in his performances by the way like mm-hmm. even no matter what he's doing like he was living his dream he was doing exactly what he was born to do he seemed to be having fun on everything you guys pick up on that? What do you think? I think yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
Didn't he take over uh, Kevin Spacey's role in that? Uh... Yes, he did. I actually just watched that. This movie. Okay. Well, he he did a great though. job in that movie. The, the whole what, movie House is not worth talking about. But no, um, what are we talking about? All the, the money world. in the world. All the money in the world. Which is yeah. funny because that's related to the Getty family, and both of those are Gettys in the movie we're talking about. But uh, about the kidnapping, <laughs> oh, yeah. grandson. But yeah, they mm-hmm. shot the whole movie, and then they like cut and pasted really? Christopher Palmer over Kevin Spacey. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Were they like costumes? Cut him into the scenes. Like that's amazing. Yeah, they like had like him and Mark Wahlberg and um, Michelle Williams do like a bunch of scenes uh, just to get it in like ten days. Yeah, yeah, they did it like really quick, from what I heard, because the movie they they still kept the release date, from what I remember. Well, like even um, uh, you know, Ridley Scott said, "I, I, it's easy, it's cut and paste. Like I know the scenes I need to do; just they need to act it and put them in because they weren't mm-hmm. like ha- special heavy effects scenes or anything. It was pretty much just redo it." He did a lot of uh, voiceover too in his career. I mean, he was like in a, in an American Tale uh, as one of the characters. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you he just did, watch uh, that? Day? <laughs> <laughs> no, I watched the other mouse movie oh, right here. Oh, <laughs> the Great Mouse Detective. My bad. Oh, that's a good one too. I saw that. I don't know about his anime and stuff, but uh, I also liked him in that Star Trek movie, Undiscovered Country, as the villain. He played like the Klingon general that didn't want to broker peace with us mm-hmm. dirty humans. And then, uh, and it, but he liked Shakespeare in the movie for some reason. That was his whole character's bag. It's like you haven't heard Shakespeare till till it's in Klingon. And uh, <laughs> the other movie I like him in, he played Van Helsing in Dracula 2000. Heck yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. So, wow. he was magically kept alive on Dracula's blood so he could fight Dracula in the future. How about that? Go figure. Sweet. <laughs> That's how you do it. Yeah. And then uh, there's this ever-evolving scandal, of course, with Marilyn Manson. And I don't know what to think about this. I, like, he had one person come out and say that, you know, all the evidence she presented to, like, a you know, a, a Supreme Court and the FBI or something was all, you know, per- perpetuated abuse from him, you know, what was on drugs, whatever, during their whole span of their entire relationship. But like, if you go back and look at his biography, he's like a, a Mormon kid and he asked the parents to marry her and all this crap. But, um, you know, she's famous, he's famous, so who really knows? And then what's funny is like all the other exes have come out of the woodworks and they're like, oh, he didn't do this to me, he didn't do that, he didn't do this. And then like, but then yeah, I saw yeah. a pretty damaging article from another accuser and I was like, well, it seems accurate, but then, like, then the police have to go do a wa- a welfare check at his mansion, you know, because somebody heard screaming and like, uh, like I don't know why that would perpetuate having to go there, but you know, probably the guy with the star maps was like, oh, I'm gonna be famous today, paparazzi, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you go hide, you go crawl in the bushes and be like, oh, yeah. let me out. Um, <laughs> but what happened so fast was like, boom, his record deals off the table, boom, his record company's gone. He was supposed to be in the new season of American Gods, that's gone. He was going to be in another uh, creep show. Season of, yeah, season yeah, of creep show yeah. and Shutter, that's gone. That happened like instantly, like within 24 hours of the other actress posting the story. And well, here's the thing. But like, what's, yeah, what's crazy? I'm not going to say her guilty? name because I don't want a lawsuit from her myself. But the whole thing is, is like something about her has always bothered me. Like something about her persona has always bothered me. Like she seems like, like somebody that if they wanted to could destroy your whole career if they wanted to. Right. Mm-hmm. That's just my perception of, of this person. So, you know, I whatever, and it's an Instagram post. It's not like a court of law, but to, but what's instantly it's in the court of public opinion. And I was like, well, it's kind of like a ironic thing to talk about it on a podcast because also we're just talking, having a conversation, talking about opinions, right? Like we're not an authority, right? But speak for yourself, kid. When you 
Sure. When you post <laughs> it on social media, then you're suddenly introducing like what millions of people to weigh in on something that's going on in your life, right? So, and like, why is that the avenue? And the timing is also really strange. It's like I think about these scandals, and I think like, oh, usually it's correlated with money. Like somebody's check runs out, and then boom, a thing. But she, I think, probably has more money than him. So I don't think in this situation it's like a money gag thing, you know. Um. But then again, people turn out to be bastards. Like I had a boss who turned out to be a real bastard, did a whole bunch of crazy shit. And like as soon as the the check that he was paying this dude ran out, the dude held a press conference and it was in the front page of the newspaper. You know what I'm saying? And then we're having like a, a meeting, a company meeting where he's like, yeah, I did all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. And this is going on for 10, 10 years or whatever. So then it's like, oh, yeah, we have no idea who you are. We, we clock in at your company and then we go home and apparently you're a vampire <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what i mean so and then and then it goes back to like that whole thing like you know an artist is not their art right so and then i'm like oh yeah and like half the world is still divided about like the michael jackson thing and then i go oh but if we talk about the maryland thing or or even relate it to any other issues it's like we're veering into no man's land or the, the two no-nos on our show no politics no religion and like so, so, so but it's also movie news right because this is like our whole industry is now being dismantled and everything's being microscoped, right? Like, and everything apparently is a problem. I mean, it just, it seems like that. Like, there was another podcast interview that a Spanish actress did, and that's one of our other updates, but that that relates to, like, um, actually a Google Translate problem, and, like, the whole thing is, like, not actually true, but that escalated for, like, 48 hours, right? So <laughs> we'll get deeper into that, but it's also misinformation. It's, like, stuff travels so fast, who knows what's right and what's wrong and who knows what actually is what it is. You know what I mean? So that being said, I know I've said a lot on that, on the topic. We'll just go down through our little tribe here and figure out what everybody, what everybody says about the stories or thinks. Um, Let's go to Nick. What do you got anything about this Marilyn Manson stuff? It's still too early to say it's still, he said, she said for me. So I really don't know. I, I think, you know, if there's evidence, against him hell yeah put him away but if there's not then she should be banned from hollywood or something you know what i mean i just i don't know enough yet dave you (laughs) um you know uh, at the end of the day i think you know we've had a lot of conversation in the group chat um at the end of the day only those people truly know i will say uh, it doesn't look good for Marilyn Manson. Um, I'm leaning, I'm leaning a little more towards it's probably true, but again, that's without solid evidence. That's just my opinion, you know, based off of everybody that's coming forward right now. Wow, it's almost like our entire society is. Uh, they know we no longer inherently internalize the idea that we're innocent until we're proven guilty, and there's no need for. The, the court of public opinion is more important than an actual courtroom where evident there's rules for evidence and how it's introduced. You can't just, you know, tell total fiction on people. When I was little, the people down the street uh, claimed that I purposefully jumped on a kid's arm to break it, which was uh, just about as far from the truth as was possible. He tripped and then I tripped on his foot and my knee hit his elbow and broke his arm. I mean, that's what happened. But they tried to put intent on me and that I was trying to hurt him. And I remember uh, having kids, uh, all the kids in the neighborhood were coaxed into giving false testimony by his father. And I'll never forget that. And I, I just very, I just think things need to be vetted 
to the nth degree. And if somebody had some kind of, you know, uh, abusive, like what is abusive even? What, what even is that? What is abusive? Like, can people getting in an argument with each other where they say things that make each other angry because they get off on the dopamine rush? Is that abusive? Did he hit her with a stick? I mean, did he smack her with his hand? Is there physical abuse or is it just all verbal? Like, to me, it seems I haven't read the accounts in full or anything. I mean, maybe you guys could give me some like input on that, but it just seems like we need to wait for the court and the, and the legal well, system I mean, to do that's it. That's the. That's the problem with being famous is like everybody knows your business. Like it, it should probably be behind, you know, a, a private court mm -hmm. setting or civil court or something. You know, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, look at the Johnny Depp thing, right? Like they've pretty much proven that. Is it Amber Heard? That was his ex-wife. Yeah. That she lied. Yeah. But he still suffered. The, he was still found guilty in one trial and like he lost his Disney contract. So it, it doesn't really matter. It's a, it, it is almost a, a personal opinion thing, but I, I remember reading um, about like police psychology and criminology and how they solve crimes. Like society builds up such a mob mentality that it almost at one point is just they just want somebody to be guilty so they can sleep at night. So it's like they just got to find somebody that did it. So like in, in police procedural stuff, it's almost like like with the with oh so, my gosh. So so it's like they they just need to find somebody that they, that that doesn't like if you look at all these case histories and stuff like that and you listen to like true crime stuff watch any of those shows or listen to the podcast like in police activities it's just like somebody has to be guilty but trying to find somebody that's guilty may not be the guilty party but then it puts the society it puts the town at ease right mm -hmm. yeah and if they and if the <laughs> town feels like he's guilty and they don't like do anything yeah, about it I mean, and, but even Stephen King had a great story about this. What was the story where the creature would take on your face or whatever, like would would turn into you, and then have like your DNA on it or whatever, and commit all these crimes? It that? actually made a yeah. mini out of this thing. Yeah. Uh, what was it? The Outsider. It's pretty good. I don't know if you guys. Oh, the show. That. No, I heard it was good. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Like, you know, the guys that the guy um, who's the he was a comedic actor, but now he's in serious stuff. Oh, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. So, so he's in this thing and like. He's at two different places at the same time, and one is a murderer, right? Horrible child murder. And then the, then he's at a teacher's conference, and then they're like, oh, well, you know, your DNA is all over the scene of the crime. And he's like, I'm at a conference in a whole different city. And then, like, and then it's completely supernatural, and they find out later how, how it works, right? Like, this thing scratches you and gets your DNA and then turns into a clone of you, essentially. It's like a doppelganger of you. And then goes and commits crimes, and then, like, then it disappears, and you're, that's it, you know? Mm -hmm. um wow yeah it's pretty creepy but speaking of other creepy things there's other tabloid stories going around about the little things the movie that came out right because jared leto plays like the main suspect in that movie but the whole concept of the movie is you wonder the entire time of who did it right it's really like the cops trying to prove that this guy did it but what's terrifying about the movie is well maybe maybe not maybe he didn't do it how do you put the clues together in time before the movie ends to figure it out you know um, but because of this movie, they started bringing up all these Jared Leto stories, right? Like he's notoriously a method actor, blah, 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 whatever. And then there's like articles being published, um, about some private Island, his like high paying fans go there. He does private <laughs> shows with his band, but then he walks around dressed like Jesus and they call him prophet. 
I'm like, holy shit. Like, here's the thing. It could be a total tabloid rag story, you know, total clickbait, right? But then, Dave, what are you saying? Like, you found stories that went back to, like, a couple years ago or something? Well, yeah, like, the cult, when you told me about the cult thing, I hadn't heard about it. But then I did a Google search, and, like, their stories going back to 2019 accusing or, you know, saying he could be part of a cult or starting a yeah. cult. So it's not, a per se, a new thing, but it's certainly, like, cool. up front and center right now. The worst well, thing I heard him do was, like, he sent somebody a snake as the Joker in the Suicide Squad, right? Yeah, he was crazy on Suicide Squad. Well, that, he sent, like, used condoms and, like, some other things. Like, oh, man. gross. Did he actually use the condoms and then send them? <laughs> yeah. Like, Do we have you know, evidence to prove this? Condoms that make it look like they put water in them. I'm just that's fascinating. Okay. Well, Man, he, yeah. he's he's kind of been known. Uh, I don't know. He's been known to be like a weirdo. You know, I, he's a weirdo. I think he's, but that doesn't mean he's a cult leader. I don't know. He didn't know about COVID, and he was on some retreat. I heard about that. I did hear yeah. about that. He's like, yeah. are you guys joking? <laughs> like he, like, he what came is, out what, of like a, lockdown. Yeah, yeah, he came out of a long retreat and was like, "Wait, there's a there's a disease going around." <laughs> so that's how in outer space the guy is, right? Yeah, like he's not yeah. even aware of reality. Huh? You, you know who I see him becoming? I, I'm I see the I see him starting now, and in 20 years he will become Marlon Brando. Do you Ooh. guys see that a little? I like, see that. Like, oh, you're gonna say he's gonna I'm go? Like, to Nick has been to his island. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, like just the way he was as an actor, like kind of hard to work with. I, I thought you meant yeah. how it ended. Like he went and did the oh, Doctor Moreau, oh. then decided I mean, to keep the island, and then decided to have you know. I, I wasn't going there, there, but that that could work actually. That right. could work. Yeah. Again, you guys got to watch that documentary on uh, oh, Island best, of Doctor Moreau. Best, document, best documentary oh, wow. ever. I love that. Yeah. Um, and then getting to the Google story that I was talking about earlier, like so. Somebody wrote a news story based on like a Google translated transcript or something of another podcast that's like in Spanish or Portuguese or something with a Spanish Portuguese uh, actress who's like in her 70s. She had a bit part in the Don Quixote movie that uh, Terry Gilliam made with um, Adam Driver. Um, and like something happened during rehearsals and like the word assault was thrown around. I'm like, what? Like literally. Um, Dave was saying we were talking in a private chat as like all the Marilyn Manson stuff was like being, you know, coming out in the public. And then I'm like, and literally on my phone, I got a notification about the Adam Driver story. And I was like, oh, what the fuck now? <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like who's being crucified now? Like, what is happening? <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah. So as it turns out, like, and she and she uh, um, clarified her story recently because it became such big news in Europe that she had to go and like, you know, clarify her statements or whatever. She was interviewed on a podcast or something. And then, um, as I said, the media translated you know, with Google or a translation tool, what she was saying. And apparently it was like during rehearsals that a chair, oh. bumped her. he was like standing up in his chair and kept, he kept bumping her with the chair. That's, that's, that was what the assault was. It wasn't like he got mad. How at her hard was this bump during the takes, but it was like, <laughs> he was so passionate about his energy in the moment that like he was oh knocking God. her over with the chair or something. He was so passionate. He was assaulting her. I get it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know, things taken out of context. Yeah. Like we're making jokes about a Linda Blair movie at the beginning of this, and people are like, "What are they talking about?" You know, you know what I mean. Like, so it, you never know. You know what I mean. So, uh, that's it for the news stories. You guys are very quiet. I love, <laughs> I love this. Let's not say anything. We, <laughs> so yeah, well, we got put on blast pretty hard, so we're gonna stay at. We're gonna be. Uh, on oh, your best behavior. Cold open? Okay. All right. 
we have a movie to talk about. Uh, yeah, we, we do. Earlier. Uh, yeah. yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have Christian Slater with us today. Of, uh, first impressions of, of Young Guns 2. Nick? Uh, my first impressions are this. Any scene with Christian Slater is amazing. Actually, I love this movie. I grew up with this movie. This was on cable all the time, like in 1991. I remember I've seen this movie 50 times. I like this one better than the first one. I don't know why. I just, this one calls me, and I, I think everyone's just on point in the chemistry, and it is a fun Western action movie. That's what okay. I think. Dangerous Dave. Uh, I'm not trying to be contrary here, but I, I'm the exact opposite of Nick. My first impression was, what? wow, this is not as fun <laughs> as the first one. <laughs> I, uh, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm just like, I wish I was just watching the first one again. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. This one, this one just didn't scratch that nerve for me. Uh, double A. Uh, I liked it more than I thought. So liked. I thought I was going to hate it more and, um, I didn't. The end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's what That's I got. A That's fun ride. Day. A fun ride, but with less of a less of an arc. It's fun though. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one has more of a, a redeeming arc. This one is just a. This a one's fun. a fun. This one's a yeah. fun ride. Yeah. 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 Fun ride. Yeah. All right. We'll yeah. be back right after these messages. All right, guys. We got the revival of the classic Nick series, Are You Afraid of the Dark, is now streaming on CBS All Access. The Midnight Society meet every week around a campfire to tell horror stories. And things get too real when life becomes as spooky as their tales. Watch episodes with the whole family on CBS All Access. Try one week free. Stars is celebrating Black History Month. Remember the past and shape the future. Enjoy Miles Davis, the story of Miles Davis, or check out Glory. They enlisted for justice. They found Glory. And also, don't forget, Stars has a ton of action-packed westerns, including contemporary classics, Young Guns, and its rock and roll dirty sequel, which I like, Young Guns 2, featuring music by Bon Jovi. Sign up for a seven-day free trial to watch now. Offers subject to change. Our show is supported by sponsors and paid affiliates. Now back to our episode. All right, favorite bits, guys. Nick? Um, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> it's your favorite <laughs> bit, bro. <laughs> favorite bits, guys. Hold on. Yeah, I'm just I'm reading that. You, Nick, but, but what I would say like, is like, once you turn on the Christian Slater impression, it's almost like impossible for you not to get it. It almost like just so, keeps coming, right? Like I'm like, yeah, it, yeah. Sneaks, it sneaks so, into ads. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. So I made, first. I made Nick do our dirty, dirty ad read this week. And like, I felt like Christian Slater was like dying to come through. I, I, you, you didn't put that in the notes. I would have done it. <laughs> I would have done it. The episode. Oh, you know, I need it. to redo it. Yeah. Stars, <laughs> go check it out. Stars. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, CBS. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so uh, Slater, you already said that you, every scene with you in it is great. But what's your favorite bit from Young Guns Two? Uh, my favorite bit, of course, is uh, the end where Pat Garrett lets Billy the Kid live. Okay. Uh, uh. I, I just like no. You know what I mean? Like he lets him like get away in terms of this story. You know. Mm. Yeah, you I mean, guys not on board. It's implied that they fake his death together, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, if I mean, yeah, because if not, who's that old man, right? Yeah. And by the way, the guy who was interviewing him 
Is that the bad guy in Billy Madison? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just want to make yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Dave. Uh, so uh, the favorite bit is just uh, when um, Billy's doing some of the fancy shooting with everyone around where he, with the candlestick or the candle abra. Like, oh, well, how are you going to get uh, three out with uh, one shot? Turns it around. One shot flips it around. Next shot shoots them all out. That was kind of a fun bit. Like when they uh, head him off at the pass, and uh, he takes a shot, and he thinks he's got Billy, and he gets he goes up, and he finds finds out that he has shot the wrong person. Mm. I thought it was a pretty moving scene of the consequences of running with the wrong kind of the wrong the wrong people, really. You gotta be careful. There's a lot. Le- there's lots of lessons in this movie. Like you don't want to be like Billy the Kid. What's interesting is how much you do like Billy the Kid, even though he's doing some pretty awful things. You know what? So with everybody, he's not his. Like what I was talking about, redemptive redemptive arcs. Like he's a more redeemable character in part one than in this. Oh one. sure, absolutely. Yeah. This one, he's already he's a horse thief. He's like he's doing. He's up to no good. You know, it's not cute anymore. You know, he's not defending, you know, someone who was murdered. He's, he, you know, going after and getting the bad guys. He's, uh, he's just, I don't know, <laughs> going after a couple of the bad guys, but mixing it with his own, you know, amoral. So that, like these movies are so close together, part one and part two, that I get the stories blended a little bit in my mind, my memory of watching them. Like the thing where, um, Chavez is screaming for his horse to stop in Navajo and they go over the cliff and they thought he was just jumping with like courageous courage just to get away. And they all followed him with their horses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Damn. That's great. So so that was amazing. But for some reason in my memory, I thought it happened in part one for some reason, but they have this whole other uh, bit in in part one where they, they get high on peyote and travel through the spirit world. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) in part one that was the thing and they're like what that is was so you, funny do? um i don't know if it was this scene but did you guys hear that ludon phillips broke his arm and that's why they had that scene where he got stabbed with the knife because his arm was actually really broken so no. they wanted to injure his oh. arm in the movie they oh, that... up. wow and that's why yeah. i stabbed him that was me <laughs> and it went between the bones oh that yeah, was yeah. a gnar i've never seen anything like yeah, that, in the movie that, that was that was, that was my amazing. idea to stab him yeah <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> what's the best relationship in the movie nick i think it was between billy and the young kid that looked up to him the guy the kid that adam was talking about i just thought there was like a really cute dynamic and like you know like billy was trying to look out for him and then of course you know like like adam said like don't don't follow this guy hmm. yeah fair enough what about you dave uh, i'm gonna say between billy and his gun he he never parted with it. It was always there for him. Yeah, got him out of jams. Where we just pick characters and their objects. Is that what's gonna happen? <laughs> I think we're yeah. doing the objects sometimes. It won. Yeah. It worked last time. So yeah, sure. Uh, Adam, what do you think best relationship in this movie? I, I thought uh, Billy the Kid versus Kiefer Sutherland's character, hmm. and uh, I really liked how they were just polar opposites, but. He gets sucked back in after being a teacher and being abducted basically from See, the East Coast. That's when also a serious departure from Skurlock in the first movie. Skurlock is like a more bold gunslinger in the first movie. Right? Yeah. Like yeah, but I, you get married, you get settled, you get complacent. You don't you're not adventurous anymore. You're not that's, as much anyway. That's true. 
So I just he, thought it was more bold than part two. It, we would care more when he gets executed. We would care more. But I feel like he was bold when it came down to it. He his heart wasn't in it. He got kidnapped to come here. He had another life. He's teaching kids. He's yeah. in the middle of like teaching them a lesson and, and clowning to teach them the lesson. And then the bat the like Pinkerton showed the up. Those were, they didn't really talk about who those guys were. Like those were a group of detectives called the Pinkertons, and they had like national authority to just fuck shit up. And they just showed up in their trench coats with their shotguns and just mess with people. Scary guys. Yeah, the yeah. Pinkertons uh, famously faced down some unions, but they eventually got hired on as the the beginnings of the Secret Service uh, f- for Lincoln. Uh, and oh, Lincoln really? signed the bill before he died. And then after he died, there was a Secret Service for the president. Oh, but wow. it was already set in motion. And it, it, it was comprised primarily of Pinkertons. So hmm. uh, They're still around in some way. <laughs> their essence so hmm. I, I think the best and worst relationship are the same i think it's billy's friendship with pat garrett is both the best and the worst in the movie but you also might say the worst relationships are between the cowboys and their horses <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. the horses oh, got it killed and they go over a cliff so yeah the horses get a raw deal in here yeah, they really got jacked yeah, up. That's yeah. the first time I've ever seen a horse shot in a movie. Oh yeah, like where you see where there's where this the horse takes a big chunk out of it. Thankfully, thankfully, there's no stories as far as I can tell about animals getting hurt in this movie. They were hurt on other westerns, and that's probably like one of the reasons that PETA exists. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. animals PETA exists to, to make money. <laughs> <laughs> the horse is dangerous. <laughs> The only modern thing about an animal being disrespected was like, I guess the monkey from the hangovers is really addicted to cigarettes now. So <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You just don't give it to him. That, you know, that makes sense. Uh, like, I mean, tear your arms off, but that's how you get a monkey to take it again. Go to take two. It's just, here's your next cigarette. Yeah. Here's some uh, blow. Let's see. Oh man. This episode was pretty brutal at the beginning, and we were teasing each other really hard, so I don't even think we have to play What Should I Watch? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for the jugular, well, gentlemen. I, mean, did, anybody I, I don't mind a tease. did anybody watch anything fascinating this week outside of reviewing the Young Guns? Because I went back and watched part of part one to uh, correlate into part two. You know, I watched a really neat movie. I don't know how I'm going to describe it, though. I'll right. give it a shot. What did you watch? I watched uh, a movie with Gene Wilder in it where he's like a lowly publisher and he gets on a train and uh, he hooks up with this chick. And while he's hooking up with her, he sees a dead guy hanging off the train out of the window. And then by the time he freaks out and tells her about it. Uh, Is this the problem with Richard Pryor? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's a famous and, uh, comedy. Just say the name of the movie. And yeah, say Silver, Silver I did. Street, right? Silver Street. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear it. Okay. I didn't hear it either. Yeah, yeah I, I said it at the beginning, um, but it was fun. It was a, it was a lot of fun. I didn't, uh, you know, I knew Richard Pryor was in it. Funny, if we were playing the game. You would have lost. You know, if you, you should have just said it's a comedy between Pryor and Richard Pryor. It's it's no, no, no. I feel like it's cheating for me to name drop like to to the ridiculous extent. Like no, I was getting to the Richard like Pryor. People at home are flipping through their televisions or their apps, you know, and they're looking for stuff to watch. And there was the first pairing between them. 
Yeah. And and when you interrupt someone and you don't fully hear them out, obviously you're going to have opinions like that. So, but you're entitled to them. I'm trying to help you. I don't want to listen to you. No, anymore. no, I hear you. You're trying to help. You're trying to interrupt me is what you're trying to do. And you, and you oh. succeeded. Oh, snap. <laughs> it's getting real, guys. <laughs> Dave, Dave's completely checked out. Dave was checked out before we started. He wants to watch this other movie with Linda Blair. And yeah. Smoke- <laughs> Dave's, Dave's still nothing. watching that movie. Dave, Dave and I have our own webcam going. We're watching the movie together. <laughs> so it's, kinda like, talk, yeah. it's almost as if you want like buzzwords that are going to titillate you. And then you're going to like, oh, yeah, I'll give a point to that. I can't wait to watch that. So then it's like, I want to tell you about the movie a little bit to see it. Just a little bit. We're in the algorithm world now. It's all keywords. Okay. Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor, Racing Train, Pre-Speed, Get Excited, (laughs) Comedy. Comedy, Hitchcockian, Horror Comedy. Yeah. You know, whatever. Put on somebody at the end who's not in the movie, but it just correlates the type of movie. See? Yeah. Morgan Freeman's first starring role. Look for him in the background. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, you have to watch it for that. So. Oh, he really really is in that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. Anybody else? (laughs) I'm watching what now? What? You're watching Linda Blair. Well, well, later. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So I got like Um, no points. Where do you know he's not wearing pants either? So. I know. I no, noticed that. Cookie Monster pants again. <laughs> Wait, I before you get off on Cookie Monster and some movie, uh, what's my vote? What do you guys do? You guys want to watch this no, movie playing... I just described? Are we actually playing the game? I thought we were. No, just no, I, I don't care if we're not playing the game. Are you going to watch this movie? It's called Silver Street. You know, I haven't watched it yet, so I, I and I know I've heard it's good for years, but I, I just I don't know. I'm still not. I probably won't know just because I haven't watched. Just because heard... you don't like Gene Wilder. No, I just, it's, I don't know. That movie you don't never... like Richard yeah, Pryor? You know what? I don't know. What the hell with that sheep fucker? <laughs> Wait, it was? <laughs> who's the sheep fucker? Gene Wilder. Oh, he is? I didn't know that. Oh, I you said in cheap. that Woody Allen movie. Oh, uh, okay. Took me a moment. <laughs> That's a movie reference. Willy another... Wonka. You know what's going to come out tomorrow? There's just going to be a news, a clickbait story. Podcaster says Gene Wilder fucked a sheep. <laughs> like, you know what? <laughs> and he did. I mean, the podcaster said that. You know. Yeah, I mean. and then well, they're gonna get really mangled and like say Gene Wilder, sheep fucker, Woody Allen. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> Ooh, it, that might actually come out because they're doing a Woody Allen documentary on HBO. It's about to come that out. Like, was it? Was it Woody Allen sheep? I don't know. I don't know. Messed up. To so I'm just that. writing down for the episode highlights. So. We do end up as clickbait. Gene Wilder, sheep fucker is, is on right oh, now. Oh, no. That, Can you write that? Are we going to get tagged for explicit content? Oh, yeah, because I've said the... How many times have I I know, on? you said so many F-bombs. Hell yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> We're talking about young guns. F this, F that. Young guns. <laughs> yeah. It's PG-13, F this, F that. <laughs> yeah. It's good. <laughs> wow. The first man. movie was rated R, which is why it's better. And the second movie is PG-13. It's a pretty I soft did notice- R, though. There's nothing in the first movie that really needs to be rated R. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that why they called it that way. Maybe the, pi- had- maybe the peyote scene. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, maybe uh, they're the like, oh, program that's that's winding that's, down, yeah. but yeah. I, can, I don't even guess. I don't know. Hey, Nick, are we going to bother to make a show next week? Are we going to be podcasting next week? Oh, hell yeah, we're going to podcast next week. You know what we're doing next week, guys? We're going to explore another bo- bad romance. 
we're doing Return of the Living Dead 3. And let me tell you, this is probably the sexiest zombie you've ever seen in your life. Dude, you are not kidding. No. I'm so excited for this movie. Joke, oh, I love guys. this movie. Dave is already over there. You you know what he's doing. Anyway, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Anyways, guys, uh, as far as I know, stuff got real. Uh, we had a good time, and uh, I'll see you later. <laughs> wow. uh, I'll see you later.